0: So the, I'm going to preach this morning uh, and, and kind of preach, teach this morning on the rapture, on the rapture. Look at Genesis chapter 35, verse 18. And it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died, that she called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. So that's Rachel, and that's the story of Rachel passing away, and when she's dying in birth, uh, and she's giving birth to Benjamin, she, it says there, and it came to pass as her soul was in departing, for she died. The first thing you need to understand, and we're gonna, I'm going to establish this so you'll understand what the rapture is and what the rapture isn't. You need to understand that when you, when you take your last breath on this earth, your soul's going to go to one or two places. It's going to go to one or two places. Now right there, what does it say to happen? When she died, I'm going to put this, this is supposed to represent a coffin, that little rectangle there. When she died, it said that her soul departed. That one's no good. It said her soul departed. But her body went into the grave. So when you pass away, when you take your last breath on this earth, when you take your last breath on this earth, your body's going to start decaying almost immediately. Almost immediately. Immediately. And it won't take long, the worms will be eating you. But that's not you. What you're looking at is not me. I'm a soul. I'm inside this body. And what happens when she took her last breath, the Bible says, and it came to pass as her soul was in departing, her soul departed, she took her last breath before she died. And the Bible goes on to talk about how they buried her. And she has a tomb. Okay, go to 2 Corinthians 5. Now, if you're following along this morning, I might wear your thumb out, because I've got to show you some scripture. But if if you'll stick with me, We'll get through this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'll try to write these down. I'll try to write these down as I go. So you can kind of keep up, maybe. If, or go home and read them for yourself. I'll go through verse 8 there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, let's see what Paul has to say about this. Because what we're establishing is. Because really what this sermon is, it's a crash course in death and the rapture. It's the, cra- it's the rapture and death for dummies. You ever seen those books, yellow books? It'd be like windows for dummies or whatever, you know, uh, brain surgery for dummies, whatever it is. This is not going to give you the full exam. I'm, we're not going to do a long study on the rapture. I'm going to give you a, just a general course of the rapture so you'll understand. Because I'm sh- I'm, I'm, At the end of this sermon, I'll tell you why I'm doing all this. Look at verse 1, 2 Corinthians Corinthians 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved. What's your earthly house? That body you're living in right now. This body that I'm living in. We know that if our earthly house, our body, of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. you got a new body waiting for you up in heaven. That's what that's talking about. Another house that's made by God. It's not made by the hands of man. Verse 2, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. What's causing you to be a sinner is this body you're living in. It's got bad blood. It's got Adam's blood in it. It's causing you to be a sinner. And you're, if you're any kind of Christian, it groans you to live in this flesh and have to fight it all the time. Verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. That goes back to the millennial there. Verse 4, for we that are in this tabernacle... Do groan, talking about the earthly tabernacle. Do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of life. What he's saying there in verse 4, he's saying we're not groaning to be unclothed. There's nobody in this room wanting to die. There's nobody in this room like, I want to die, I want to just, I want to die. There's nobody in this room, surely not. I hope not. But we're not groaning. Christians don't groan to die but we've grown to get that new life that's promised us in Jesus Christ. See, Christianity is, uh, is a process, and what I mean by that is there's a, there, you're, you're first you're saved, and then later on your body will be redeemed. There's a sanctification going on there, and you're waiting for, to get out of this body so you can be fully, have that full eternal life. Because we can't, God, life would who wouldn't want to be stuck in this body for the rest of your life eternally? I mean, What I mean by that is, who wants to be stuck in this flesh eternally? With all the pains, the aches, all the problems that come with this flesh, we want to get out of it. We want to be unclothed from it. Verse 5, Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given us the earnest of the Spirit... That means, earnest means, it's like, we call it earnest money when you're buying a house. You put money down to say you're earnest about it. What God does when He gives you the Holy Spirit in you, He's showing you that He's earnest about it. He's sincere about giving you a new body. He's got something He's going to do for you. And that, earnest, that Holy Spirit living in you tells you that you, He's got something. He's working for you. He's serious about it. Verse 6, Therefore we are always confident knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Right now we're not with the Lord. Now, we are spiritually, amen. The Lord lives in us, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But physically, we're not with the Lord right now. Where do we want to be? We want to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You can't see this stuff, but you live it by faith, right? Verse 8, here it is. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. When you take your last breath, and they lay your body like out in a grave out here, we've laid some dear brothers and sisters out in this very grave that's next to the church. When we laid their body there, their soul wasn't with that body. Their soul had already departed, Genesis chapter 35. 2 Corinthians chapter chapter 5, verse 8. I say, willing rather to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. Christian, when you take your last breath on this earth, you're going to wake up, the angels are going to carry you off into heaven, and you're going to be present with Jesus Christ. How do you know that, Pastor? Because the Bible teaches that. Well, you'll have some denominations, and some people try to say they believe in soul sleep, and we're going to see this later on in the Bible. It says sleep, because whenever somebody dies, a lot of times it looks like they're sleeping. That's just the way you, t- you talk about their body, but their soul, their soul's going up. Their soul's not sleeping. The bo- their soul's going up to heaven to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, don't turn there, but Paul says, my departure is at hand. He's about to die. He's about to get his head cut off, and he told Timothy, my departure's at hand. It's like an pl- airplane taking off. Your soul's about to take off. He said, my soul's about to take off, Timothy. I'm about to be with the Lord, because he wrote, absent from the body and present." with the Lord look at Philippians chapter 1 turn to the right a little bit Philippians chapter 1 so it's very important to understand when you take your last breath here on this earth as a Christian your soul is going to depart your body your soul is going to depart your body look at Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 Let me write that one down while we're turning Chapter 1, verse 20 through 24. How that help you? If you're not able to follow along, you can go back and uh, you know, look it up yourself later. According to my earnest expectation, my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. I preached on that for three Sundays in a row. What we're trying to do as Christians is allow Jesus Christ to work out of us, to magnify out of us, to manifest out of us, to magnify Him, not ourselves, whether it be by life or by death. Whatever you do, do it for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're going to live for Jesus, live for Jesus. If you're going to die, die for Jesus Christ. Amen. Men die for all kinds of different causes on the earth. The best one to die for is for Jesus Christ. In other words, when they come and they start telling you to deny Jesus Christ, are they going to kill you? I think it's time for us to make a decision. Now, it's up to you what decision you make. You might say, well, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a Christian. Knowing that you say, I'm a Christian. I'll tell you men this, that there was a young girl, a little teenage girl in the Columbine. He was going around shooting, and killing people. And he'd come to her and he said, are you a Christian? She said, I'm a Christian. And he shot and killed her right there, dead, in Columbine just for she, because she was a Christian. You know, don't you know that when her soul departed her body that the angels were glorifying God right there? There was some singing going on up in heaven. There might have been some crying going down here on the earth, but up in heaven there was some singing and some praising. and some. Verse four, 21, I'm going to tell you why. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. God, for, for us to check out of this world is gain for a Christian. Some of you Christians haven't thought about it this way, but you really need to think about it this way. Christian, brothers and sisters in Christ, this is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. This is your hell. Now, lost man, lost woman, lost boy, girl out there, let me me tell you something. This is as close to heaven as you're going to get. That's why the lost men and women, they say, heaven is a place on earth. It isn't for a Christian. Heaven can be on earth. You can find heaven here on earth. No, you can't. Not for a Christian. For a Christian, die is gain. Look, for me to live is Christ. That's the last three weeks I've preached on that. And to die is gain. We cry and cry and cry. We pray oh, we prayed and prayed for people in this church. That people have been associated. We prayed and prayed for people to be healed up. And God let them pass away. And I know some of us in here have thought, why did God do that? Why did God do that? They gained it. So, Please heal them up. Please heal them up, Lord. And what do we do? The Lord heals them up, gives them the ultimate healing, takes them to heaven. And we're, we're down here going, why did God do that? God's like, I did them a favor. What are you talking about? To live is Christ. To die is gain. This is stuff we talk about. It's called living by faith, brothers and sisters. It, real faith, listen to me. Real faith is not having enough faith to be able to heal somebody up with your prayer. Real faith is knowing when you pray for them and the Lord doesn't heal them and they die or they pass on, real faith is saying they're in a better place. It takes real faith to do that. And the Bible encourages you and says for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I wot not. What Paul says there in verse 22, he goes, I'm in a hard place. I don't know which one to choose. I need to live for you, but boy, I'd like to go on to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I've been around some old-time Christians. You've been around a lot of older Christians. You know what older Christians start saying to me? Maybe, maybe they say it to you too. I don't know if it's because they said it to me because I'm a pastor. You know what old Christians say to me? They say, I'm ready to go home to be with the Lord. <laughs> don't do, no, no, don't go no, no, I don't, don't, don't say that, sister. Don't say that, brother. You know, I know you don't mean that. That sounds like Brother Raymond music. That's what he was doing to me. Brother Raymond music. Sit right over there. I am just ready to go home and be with the Lord. <laughs> no, Raymond, don't talk like that. Y'all don't understand. I'm ready. Maybe he knew more of the Bible than I did. Amen. Amen. Verse 23, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Praise God. Let's read that again. I am in a strait betwixt two, having the desire to depart. See, he's not going down into a grave. He's not going down the worms, worms are going to get him. He wants to depart and be with Christ, which is what? Far better. So, Christian, when you take your last breath on this earth, your, your body's going to fall dead. Wherever you're at, it's going to start rotting almost immediately. And your soul is going to depart and go on up into heaven to be with the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, because we've had some brothers and sisters in this church that passed on. They're a lot better than us right now. Far better. How much better? Far better. I've talked to this, and my sister, me and my sister have talked about this. You know, my mom passed away at a young age, and uh, we've talked about, you know, would you bring your mother back? I'm like, No. My mom, okay, here's a great example. My mom loved Elvis. Well, they came up with the Elvis movie. I don't know if you heard about the new Elvis movie. Has anybody seen it yet? Praise God, we've got good Christians in this church. Well, your pastor's not that good a Christian. He's going to go see that Elvis movie. So I go see this Elvis movie. My mom loved Elvis. There was a, there was a trailer for a movie, the, uh, there was a trailer before the movie that was so filthy, that was so nasty. That was so, it it, it made me get sick at my stomach. And I thought, yeah, I'm going to bring my mom back to that. Because if my mom was still alive, I would have took my mom to that movie. We almost took our mom to that movie. My wife's mom, we almost took her to that movie. I would have been embarrassed. I know my face would have turned six shades of red. That's what you want to bring her back to? She's far better up in heaven. Praise God. We forget that. I'm here to tell you, if you're lost this morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your soul soul departs too. But it don't go to a far better place. It goes to a far worse place. Look at Luke 16. Scripture. Sola Scriptura. That's what Luther used to say. Sola Scriptura. Scripture only. Scripture to Scripture. Sola Scriptura. Only believe what the Bible tells you. Don't believe what a preacher tells you. Read the Bible. Trust the Bible. If you're in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, never got saved, or if you're listening to me, never got saved, there's a place below you called hell. It's a burning place, it's a place of torment, it's a place of fam- flames. It's torment. Scientists say, below your feet, scientists, not the Bible, the Bible tells you that too, but scientists say, below your feet is a burning lava, at the center of this earth. Jesus Christ says it's called hell. Look at Luke chapter 16. Look at verse 22. Luke 16, verse 22. I'm establishing, I'm establishing what happens to your soul when you die. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Boom, right there. You see it? He died. Where'd his body go? It went in a grave, but Jesus says says he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. You die, and you're not a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, your body goes into a box, just like my body goes into a box, but your soul doesn't get to go up to heaven. Your soul goes into a place called hell. Who said that? Jesus Christ. Where did he say it, right where I just read it? You see it? Verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell... Hell's a real place. Heaven is real. I love to preach on heaven. I love to to pray about heaven. I love to think about heaven. But guys, hell's just as real. And that's what you're saved from. Right there. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, this is the rich man in hell. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus. Then he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Why? For I I am tormented in this flame. Not a place of partying. Not a place where you're passing the beer around. It's not a place where you're getting away from the Christians. It's a place of torment. When you die, your soul goes to one or two places. You're either going to go up to heaven or you're going to go down to hell. It's one or the other. It's black and white with God. The only thing going to keep you out of hell is Jesus Christ. It isn't your works or anything else. Did I not tell you science tells us that below our feet is a burning lava of flame and fire? You know what, you know what science also tells us? If something doesn't carry you up, you know what happens when you let go? You go down. Your soul going to get drugged down right into here. And it's a torment and it's a flame. Far better, far better, far worse, far worse, amen, far worse. Turn to 1 Corinthians, now let's find out about the rapture. You can't understand the rapture unless you understand where your soul's at. So many Christians, that get it wrong, they think they die, (laughs) they think their loved ones die, and they're out there in a grave, and they go visit the grave, and they go... Pray over the grave and they go to the grave. I'm not saying there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. I mean, there's a place that you you associate your loved one with a certain place. But I'm here to tell you, your loved one's not there in that grave. Their body is, but their soul's long gone. Now, I'm not, it's between you and between them and God where their soul went. I've preached some funerals where I had my doubts. I've preached some funerals where I've had my doubts. That's not good. Man, that's not good. I preached funerals where I had no doubt they were in heaven. That's really good. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a really good funeral. A funeral's good? Oh, yeah. I'm praising God, because most of the ones I, pray, I preached over that I know are going to heaven, they had lived a good life, the Lord took care of them, and I know they're in a lot better place. Far better. Far better. Look at verse 35. If you follow along, look at verse 35. Let's look at the rapture. So, but some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Because we believe in a resurrection. Verse 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Sorry, guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, I'm going to skip around a little bit in this chapter for time's sake, but if you're interested and you read all of this, I'm going to skip around. I'll tell you when I'm skipping. Verse 35, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. We're looking at the rapture. But some men may say, some man will say, How are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Paul says in verse 36, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. That seed's got to go on the ground and die before you can get something new out of it. Don't be surprised your body has to die. God can't do anything with your body until it dies. Verse 37, That which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. It may chance of wheat or some other grain. But God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him into every seed his own body. What he's saying there in verse 37 is you don't put an oak tree in the ground to get an oak tree. You put an acorn in the ground. This little bitty acorn turns into that oak tree that's sitting out in front of the church. When this corruptible body, when this body that you don't like, when this body goes in the ground, God's not going to bring up the same kind of body. He's going to bring up a glorified body. But this body has to die. It must die. It has to die. It's got Adam's blood running through it. God can't do anything with it. Look at verse 42. Skip to verse 42. So also is is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown in corruption. That's your earthly body. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, back problems, knee problems, headache problems, cancers, all kinds of problems that we deal with. It's sown in weakness. It is raised in power. Our loved ones, when they come out of the grave, they're going to be raised in power. There won't be no more of this body aches and pain. They're going to be powerful when that body comes out of that grave. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Like the angels. There is a natural body, what we're living in, and there is a spiritual body. Look at verse 46. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. There's an order to things. The tree doesn't come first, the acorn does. And what he's showing you there is he's saying there's an order to things. you got your natural body, you got your first birth, you're born of your mother, and you must be born again. Jesus Christ, John 3, 7. You must have a spiritual birth. Therefore, you'll get that new spiritual body. Ye must, Christ said it, Ye, what does that mean? Ye, everybody, plural you, not just a Nicodemus, ye, everybody must be born again. Howbeit that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy, that's our first body. The second man is is the Lord from heaven. First one is Adam, second one is Jesus. Verse 48, as is the earthy, so such are they also that are earthy. As Adam was of the earth, you're of the earth. We know, that, uh, we know that Adam was born of red clay, made of red clay. All of us in here are just dirt. Jesus wasn't made that way. Jesus was made from heaven. So we're going to have a body like Jesus. <laughs> Amen. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Verse 49. And as, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, y'all have the image of Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to read this to you. Philippians 3, 20, 21. We look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body. He shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. You're living in a vile body, and what Jesus Christ is going to do for you, he's going to change that vile body into a glorious body. 20 and 21. Now look at verse 50. Now we're getting to the rapture. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. You can't can't go into heaven with the body you're in. Why? Because your blood is corruptible. Your blood has sin, and there's no sin in heaven. You must shed this body to get to heaven. That's it. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery, the rapture. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. We might not all die, but we're all going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the twinkling of an eye is, is a measurement you can't measure. It's just so quick, your eye can't see it happen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, must put on incorruption. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption. And this mortal shall put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass a saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. Amen. What's mortal mean? It means you're going to die. What's immortal mean? You're never going to die. The mortal must put on immortality. Turn to Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4, and I'll show this to you. 1 Thessalonians 4, and then we'll put it all together, guys. We'll start putting it all together. 1 Thessalonians 4, we'll put it all together. Talking about the rapture. So Christ is going to give you a body like unto His. You just saw that in a moment, in a twinkling of eye, You'll be changed, and the dead that are in Christ out there, they'll be raised up. So now Paul's going to give you even more description of what he just gave you in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He's going to give you even more of a description. This is found in 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians 4. I'm going to do it right here. I think it's 11 through 18. Yeah. Start at verse 13. Let's start at verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren. He doesn't want us to be stupid about this. Remember, this. what is this? This is a rapture for dummies, remember? He doesn't want us to be ignorant. Doesn't want to be, and I'm not, if you don't know much about the rapture, I'm not calling you a dummy. I'm tell, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, this is a help you. This will kind of give you the groundwork so you'll know what people when people say the rapture, what this means. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, Remember what I talked about? That's that sleep. It looks like they're dead. They're, 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 their body's sleeping, but their soul's not sleeping. Concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Talked about that. When you're at a funeral, you don't know if they're if they saved or not. It's a totally different funeral than one I preach where we know they're saved. It's, it, it's, it's, you can see it in the crowd. You can feel it. You can feel it. Verse 14, For if we believe, that Jesus died and rose again. Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Amen. Amen. All right. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. Up in heaven, here's the clouds. Where are your loved ones at? Your soul, their souls are departed. They're up where Jesus Christ. It says He's going to bring them with Him. See that at the end of verse 14? Jesus will, will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you, by the word of the Lord. Paul, make sure you understand, this is not us saying it, the Lord told us this. By the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Pre-event, precede pre-event, event them. Other words, when, we, when the Lord comes back, we'll be down here if we're alive and our loved ones' bodies are in the grave down here. Their souls are up here with Christ. So when he starts coming back, he said, we're not going to pre-event them. Look at verse 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. There's that 1 Corinthians 15. And the dead and Christ shall rise first. We're not going to pre-event them. They're going to come up first. Amen. Are they going to have a natural body or, or a heavenly body? Heavenly body, amen, right? Are they going to be mortal or immortal? Immortal. Are they going to be corruptible or incorruptible? Incorruptible. 1 Corinthians 15, right? Is it going to be the same body that we put in the grave? No. That acorn, does it come up looking like an acorn? It comes up looking like an oak tree. He says that we're not going to pre-event them. Why? We're not going to go before them. We've got a six-foot head start on a lot of them. Amen. You ever thought about that? Verse 17. Whoops. Yeah. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another. Comfort one another with these words. What's happening here, Pastor? What's happening here? The Lord's coming back. called the rapture. He's come back for me and you. Amen. If you're alive, when that rapture takes place, your body will be changed. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 15? Some of us who, who know our sleep will be changed in the moment in a twinkle of an eye. But those that are dead in Christ, their bodies will be raised, but it will be raised incorruptible. And what did I read you in Philippians? That we'll have a body like unto, unto His. Our vile body be changed into a body like unto, unto His. So when he, come back, he comes back to get us, we'll be here. And if we're in this body and we're alive, we'll be changed in a moment. And twinkling of an eye will be changed to given a new body. And the dead in Christ will rise. They'll go before us. They'll be changed. We'll both be changed. This will all be taken instantaneously. And then we'll all be carried up to be with Jesus Christ in the air. Look at verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. He's not, this is not the second coming. This is the rapture. To meet the Lord where? Not on the earth, in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. That's the rapture. That's a great hope. That's what we pray for. That's what every Christian prays for. Every Christian is praying for this rapture. So your loved one's body is going to come up and Jesus Christ, according to what we read there in verse 13, 14, that if, they, if they died down here, and their body's in the grave. Their soul's already gone up to be with Jesus Christ. It says there in verse uh, 14, For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. He brings their soul. He places their soul into their bodies. Your soul's already in your body. Your body's changed. Their body's raised up out of the grave. Their soul goes into their body. And now they're a full trinity. A body, a soul, and a spirit. And together... Here we go, up to heaven. So according to the Word of God, tribulation breaks out. The Antichrist rises up. He starts putting a mark. has a number of 666 in every man and woman and and boy and girl on this earth. They can't buy or sell. And during that seven-year tribulation period, at the end of that seven-year tribulation period, Jesus Christ comes back as Lord of lords and King of kings. That's Revelation 19. And we come back with Him, following Him. Here's the interesting interesting thing. Between this little space right here, some people say it's three and a half years. Some people teach it seven years. It don't matter. We're going to be up in heaven either way. But I'm here to tell you what I'm going to preach on next Sunday. What's going on in heaven for this seven years? We're raptured out. We've We've been glorified. We've got a new glorified body. What's going to happen in between here? Between Jesus Christ coming back and between us getting raptured out, the Bible tells us. And what we're going to, I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. We're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to be up there. He's going to have his judgment seat, and we're going to be brought before him, and we're going to have to answer for what we did in our body for Jesus Christ. What works we did, whether they be good or bad. Is that scary to you? Scares me. Are you saved? Yeah. And I'll show you this. You're saved. You're saved. But now you're going to have to answer to Jesus. What would you do for me? Is that all you did for me? You could have done so much more. And brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you, there's some people here, not here in this church, but I've met, that are not, they got the the IQ of Forrest Gump. And God's going to put them at the front of the line. Because God's given them just a little bit of talent. And they do so much more than any of us in here will ever do. With the little bit of talent they have. They, do, they tell people about Jesus. They invite people to church. They, tell, they talk about Jesus. And then you know what they do? We laugh about them behind their back. Those religious nuts. That's when that judgment seat takes place. Get ready. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you're going to rapture us out of here, Lord God. And boy, it wouldn't hurt my feelings, Lord, if you were to do it tonight. Do it right now, Lord. Come on and get us. We're ready, Lord. We're ready to It's far better up there with you, Lord God. And we believe that, Lord. And we, we pray for you to come back, Lord Jesus. But, Lord, we know that you're, you're, you're long-suffering and you're waiting. And I thank you for that, Lord God, because I know there's some loved ones I have that are not saved. They need to get saved, but they've been shuffling their feet, Lord God. Maybe they're waiting until they get a little bit older, Lord. Maybe they're waiting for a better time, Lord. But I know, Father, that you told us that today's a day of salvation, Father. So I pray, Lord God, if there's anybody that needs the sound of my voice, it's that way, Lord, that they should be saved, Lord, but they've been kind of shuffling their feet. They don't know what they're going to do. They've been kind of hem-hawing around, Lord God. I, I, I'm begging with them and I'm pleading with them that they would come and take your son, Jesus Christ, and have that eternal life so whenever they take their last breath, They'll wake up in the arms of you, Lord. And their body can go in and it can rot in the grave, Lord. You're going to bring it back up and give them a new body. Lord, thank you for these promises, Lord. Lord, we believe it, but help our unbelief. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at indiangapbaptist.com.